Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Katherine Avery of productivitybydesign.com and host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. Today, it's just me. Kind of ironic because it ends up that for us this week, it is just us anyway, no matter what. And that is because uh, we've had to quarantine. We kind of knew this day could come. Uh, we've made sure to be super careful uh, because our daughter is in school and we wanted her to be able to have as close to a regular, normal high school appear, uh, experience as possible. Uh, but here we are. I'm not getting into the details of how we've been exposed. We weren't doing anything crazy or outrageous by any stretch. We've definitely kept the balance between mental health and our physical health and safety. And here we are. Uh, when I'm recording this, it's Friday and we haven't been tested yet. We're on day seven out of what should be conceivably 10 days. And we might, I think from a quarantine standpoint, we're on day six, but from a, when we were exposed standpoint, it is day seven. So they recommend that you get your test on day seven. So all three of us are being tested late this afternoon um, after the workday. And uh, it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting week because we had to cancel everything. Plans we had for the weekend, we were going to go skiing so that we could be outside, fresh air. That's one of those mental health things where I knew that by being able to ski and being outside, we'd be able to uh, keep feeling really good. The other kind of thing we've been doing throughout this is playing pickleball with friends outside where we have not been really exposed to other people. We, When you're on the pickleball court, you are six feet apart easily. So uh, that's been a great way to keep our mental health. Today is not entirely about mental health, although it's a part of it. It's really about habits. And the reason I want to do this right now is because we're just off New Year's resolutions. And I don't know if you realize this, but typical person uh, stops following through with their New Year's resolutions on January 12th. And I'm recording this January 15th. So the majority of people have already given up on their New Year's resolutions. And there's a couple things that bug me about New Year's resolutions. The first is the date. Why is it we have to wait till January 1st to change something? And the second is, I just think it sort of sets yourself up for failure. And I'm going to talk about what sets you up for success, of course, because that's why I'm here. What sets you up more for success is building habits. 
I just finished reading the book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. And it's about making teeny tiny habit shifts in your life and, you know, layering them and stacking them so you build upon your success. And what I love about this concept and why it's called Atomic Habits is that an atom, the tiniest thing, can create something like, say, the atom bomb or an atomic explosion. It, uh, a very small thing can bring about huge change, especially if you are consistent with it. So I want to tie back. Why did I tell you the story about quarantine? Because we already had really good habits established. Um, we had systems in place in our home and households so that we were able to handle things pretty quickly. And that's taken some experience and some time. And we were kind of lucky in a way because five years ago I had cancer. So we already kind of knew how to do this and deal with it uh, when the quarantine started. So it wasn't this huge shock to our systems. I know it was for many. I also want to really state here, I recognize how incredibly lucky we are that we live in the U.S. We are able to do things like ski and play pickleball. And I recognize that a lot of the world, some of you, maybe my listeners, uh, are not uh, able to do those things. You're not, one, privileged enough. And yes, I recognize that I have privilege. And two, maybe really locked down in your country. And I want to say that my heart was out to you. And I do recognize that a lot of what I'm talking about are what people call first world problems, uh, which is why I'm not going to complain about them because they are. We are fine. We are healthy. We are on day seven since we were exposed. We all feel good. We all feel healthy. I am of the mindset that we are going to get back negative tests. Uh, until I find out otherwise, there's no point in even crossing that bridge or panicking or anything else. We have what we need. Uh, we're really good to go. Um, we need a few fresh fruits and vegetables probably tomorrow morning. And um, I have a lovely neighbor who's going to pick those up for us. So that's fantastic. So just remember, you're hearing this a week later. Uh, by the time this publishes, I will have test results back. And I will do my darndest to make sure I pop those into the show notes the last minute. But I do think we really are going to be just fine. We all feel great. And if I sound froggy, it's just because I kind of always sound froggy. It cracks me up. Anyway, so we've canceled everything. We've been here before. And I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. And we're doing tiny changes and habits. Uh, one of the things James Clear says is many people think they lack motivation when what they really lack is clarity. So what is that about? Well, let's start there with motivation. Uh, it's not enough just to set goals. It's better to reevaluate your systems, to look at what you're doing in your life that um, could be tweaked, even the tiniest bit. And so I'm going to tell a story. I love to read. And uh, being an ADHD person, I have a mind that has 50 tabs open at any given time. I'm easily distracted. And I like new things, bright, shiny. And so I'm notorious for starting six books at any given time or having six books that I need to read at any given time. And one of my goals in uh, 2021 <laughs> goals is to be a finisher. Well, to be someone who finishes things is requiring different systems and different habits, right? You know, again, an ADHD train, uh, trait is to be like me, queen of 80%. I get 80% of something done and then I'm moving on to the next thing because bright, shiny. 
So I thought one of the ways I could learn how to be a better finisher was to finish books. And so I'm no longer starting a new book now until I finish the last book. So I got six of them I have to finish before I can go on to a new book. It's been kind of entertaining. So a very dear friend of mine said she reads every morning for an hour. And I thought, my heavens, I could never read for an hour in the morning. First of all, she's a night owl, so she loves to work late into the night. And so the morning is kind of her chill downtime. I am a morning person, and that is when I have the highest energy level, and I can't wait to get started with my day. However, I can't read anything super weighty late at night because I'm tired. So it's really novel time, um, and I'm kind of prone to liking historical novels. Um, no, that's neither here nor there, but that's just me. So um, I decided that I would read a chapter of a business book each morning. And because it's about creating a new habit, I decided the very first book I was going to finish chapter by chapter each morning was James Clear's Atomic Habits. Isn't that ironic? But true, that's what I was doing. So what I did was I just said, what can I do to ensure I can set up this habit? And one of the things James Clear talks about is the four laws around habits, which I'm looking up because I can't remember them off the top of my head and they're not showing up here. Oh, here they are. So the four laws of behavior change. And in order to make a change in behavior, you need these four things in place. They are making it obvious, making it attractive, making it easy and making it satisfying. Okay, so how does this work? Let's take the book example to start. I'll do some other ones too. Making it obvious is keeping it in a way that you're you're aware of the habit on any given day. So, for example, for me, uh, making it obvious would be moving my iPad, which I am hardcore about keeping technology out of the bedroom, into the bedroom. Luckily, we have a, a bathroom in our master bedroom. And so, therefore, what I do is I put my um, iPad in the bathroom and it's plugged in in there. That makes it super obvious. I see it first thing when I wake up. Easy is what I'm going to go to next because it's along that theme. And that is that it's easy for me to access the iPad because it's now out of the kitchen and I don't have to trudge down the hall first thing in the morning. Attractive in that I get to stay in my PJs and read it in bed first thing in the morning, which I think is fabulous and satisfying. Getting that quiet time first thing in the morning alone, uh, reading the book before anyone's awake because it's on my iPad slash Kindle, I'm more than capable of reading it in the dark and my husband doesn't have to be annoyed by it. I keep the light really dim on my iPad. So that's the four laws of behavior change. Monday, the 11th of January was National Clear Your Desk Day. So I'm going to start with your space. I'm going to do three ways to show you little habits you could change right now that would be super easy for you. So we'll start with your environment. And by the way, in order to have good habits, you need to make sure your environment supports you. So let's say you've decided you're going to eat healthy and you're no longer going to eat sugar. You know, the cookies and the candy, they got to go. <laughs> or they have to be under lock and key or something. They have to be really, really difficult to get to. A great example of that is um, credit cards. If you're struggling with uh, using your credit card too often, you can put it in a bowl of water and freeze it and put your, you know, and put it in your freezer. Now, the next time you want to use that credit card, you have to defrost it. That makes it a little harder, right? So that's how you can make it a habit for yourself. I've actually done that in the past. 
So it was National Clear Your Desk Day, back to space. And one of the things you could do, one of your first tiny habits could be to simply clear your desk off. Just get it organized, do it every night uh, when you're done working. It doesn't take more than three to five minutes once you've got a system in place. Um, If you are struggling with actually getting it set up in the first place, meaning you have a fair amount of clutter, (laughs) give me a call because that's what I do. And I would love to uh, help you with that. Next, I want to talk about time. Everybody thinks they have a time problem. Sometimes you have a space or environment problem that's really what's underlying the time problem. And that's almost like a podcast for another day. But let's talk about time. So it could be that you've decided you want to have a better sense of how to prioritize your day. The very first thing you're going to want to do is track your time. How are you using your time now? Where are you wasting time? Uh, Where are you using time really effectively? Are you uh, super bright and bushy-tailed first thing in the morning like me? Or are you uh, dragging around in the morning and you'd really rather work at night? If you do have the flexibility to work at the time that you have the most energy, that's ideal. You may not be allowed to do that based on what your job is. But for me, I am. And so I am usually at my desk around 7, 8 o'clock at the latest in the morning. And then I work until I I really start to crash and burn around 3. And that's just about when uh, school time is over and I'm needed in the household anyway. It doesn't mean that I stop working at 3. It means that I do those tasks that don't require super duper brain power. So a lot of the people who um, come onto my podcast, they know that I really don't like to record after 3 p.m. And it's super rare that I even do recordings after 12 noon. I typically do my podcast in the morning because that's when I'm at my best and I feel my best, which is great. Very funny. One of the people I'm going to be interviewing is in Singapore and it's a... I don't even know exactly how many hour difference, about 12, 12 or 13. And he's a night owl and I'm a morning person. So it's going to work great. We're very excited about it uh, because neither one of us will have to go completely off our time frame in order to make it work. The other great time habit you could change right now is to plan your day the night before. And when I say night, I'm using it loosely, you know, five o'clock, 3 p.m., whatever time your day is sort of ending, take the last 10 minutes of your day to do a little bit of planning and to do that quick clear off of your desk. So how does that look? I typically sit down at the end of my day and I write down what I'm most proud of accomplishing today. Woohoo! I can give myself a little pat on the back. And then I write down the three things I really want to accomplish tomorrow. So for today, the three things were a meeting I had with someone about being on the podcast next week, recording this podcast, and then meeting with a client. Those were my top three priorities I had today. So after this one is done, I'm kind of done, but I'm not. I have other things I'm going to do. But I started recording this at 1130 in the morning, which means that by noon, I've done all my intensive brain powered types of tasks before 12 noon during my high point, high energy period, which is huge. Let's talk about information. So as you know, uh, what I do is I help people unclutter their space, time, and information. So here's your information example. I suggest to my clients, if they're trying to unclutter their information and create new habits around it, that they start with their email inbox. There are a lot of people in the world who have a lot of emails in their inbox. And before all of you say, you're going to Catherine, you're going to get all Judgy McJudgerson on you. No, I'm not. 
I had at one point 20,000 emails in an inbox. It was insane. And I shouldn't say that because it's not good or bad. It just is. For me, it was difficult to deal with. I think email inbox zero is a myth. Some people get there. Good for them. God bless them. Again, remember, I have 50 tabs open. I never get down to inbox zero. I am consistently under 2,000 all the time now. I use a tool. And this tool is called Maelstrom. And yes, it's a twist on the name. Uh, Maelstrom is spelled M-A-I-L-S-T-R-O-M. I absolutely love it as a tool for cleaning out your inbox. There are a lot of tools out there. Some of them end up selling your information. I know that Maelstrom does not. So Maelstrom you can use for up to 250 emails. So you can test run it, check it out, see what you think. And then I believe it's $60 a year per email account, which I really don't think is massive money. If you amortize that out, that's $5 a month, which I think is kind of a Starbucks coffee. It's a doable kind of thing. So I would recommend starting there. And the beauty of Maelstrom is I can not only unsubscribe from lists and delete, and there's like 16 different ways you can filter your information so you can find things more easily. One of the ones I love is uh, the ability to see what your biggest files are. And you can start there and you'd be amazed how quickly you free up space on your computer. Another one I like is you can search by name, you can search by time frame, and then you can archive and you can also archive by time frame. So for example, my folks send me a lot of emails. I don't really have time to sort through and figure out which ones are the important ones and which aren't. So I'll start here. Sorry, dad. He sends me a lot of cartoons. I actually hit cartoon and I search for cartoon under my dad's name. And if it's cartoon, then I can just delete those and I don't have to worry. I do look at some of them. Don't get me wrong. Dad, don't worry. I do look at some of them, but I often forget to delete them in the moment. So this way I can just sort by cartoon, delete, and they're done. There are other emails that are from my folks that I have not gone back through because I, and so I don't know what's super important and what's not important. I archive those so that I have the ability to get to them at a later date. I don't want to possibly lose something super important for my folks. So there is that ability to um, filter in such a way that you can archive from specific people to specific dates. I even archive my um, inbox for anything that's, say, older than two years old. It really has been a game changer. I highly, highly, highly recommend Maelstrom. So I'm going to wrap up talking a bit more about uh, the book. There's a favorite quote. I am going to read it. And it is this. Motion makes you feel like you're getting things done, but really you're just preparing to get something done. Check this out. When preparation becomes a form of procrastination, you need to change something. You don't want to merely be planning. You want to be practicing. If I want to practice being a finisher, I can start by finishing some books. If I want to practice being a finisher, I can make sure that a project I've started gets done before I go on to the next project. By the way, the latter one is a lot harder for me than the former one. One of the ways I've gotten around that is to hire a virtual admin who makes sure that I get the last 20% of things done. There is nothing wrong with having accountability. And if you can't afford to hire someone right now, you could get an accountability buddy friend and say, hey, Let's say you're going to organize your kitchen. 
this week we'll organize part of my kitchen. Next week we'll organize part of your kitchen and we'll work together. A little tricky right now in times of a pandemic. So that was a really bad example. Uh, let me think of a better one. Let's say you both want to get up on time in a timely fashion. You could be texting each other to make sure you're up or you want to exercise and you could be, again, accountability buddy. Hey, did you exercise today? What'd you do? How many miles did you get in? Uh, not a runner for me, but you know, it might be that I would say, oh, I did a high intensity interval training today. That's how you can do this and not be alone in it. Um, I'm a big believer in support. I'm a big believer in coaches and I'm a big believer in um, peer support and accountability. Small habits don't just add up, they compound. That is also a quote from James Clear. Super important to recognize that as you stack these habits, you will just become a better and better person, which takes me to the very last thing I want to say. James Clear says, and I'm paraphrasing, I may be quoting, but I think I'm paraphrasing. Focus not on what you want to achieve, but who you want to become. Okay, so goal, who I want to become is someone who finishes. Focus is not on what I want to achieve. It's on how do I make tiny habit changes, tiny shifts in my behavior so that over time they compound and I become that person I want to be who is a finisher. And I can tell you, having finished one book, one book, I already am adopt, adopting this, adopting is not the right word, uh, this belief in myself that I'm a finisher. I'm someone who can finish things because I finished a book. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it totally works. So I would recommend this book. I would recommend if you can't go it along, look into having someone uh, help you with tiny habit shifts. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's not. I'm not for everybody. But I want to wish you the most amazing day. It is mid-January here. It is not too late to become who you want to be. You don't have to wait for next New Year's. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.